Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, everybody, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. We hope you're all 5-0 and right now listening to us, but you know, more realistically, you're 3-2, and 2-3, and maybe you're even 1-4, and and you really need to listen hard, right? What about those of us, like, just asking for a friend, uh, what about those of us that might be 0-5? Well, for a friend. that person should not be on a fantasy football podcast. So hopefully Ooh. it is not hey, you, man. What if that person <laughs> were in their own Listener Leagues podcast at 0-5? Uh, guys, just F- FYI, everybody in the Listener League is kicking our butts. Hey, like- I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm the third highest scorer in that league. But your record, your, your record is I'm still garbage. I'm two and three, but I have the third highest score. I just got unlucky. I'll come back in this league. My my roster is fantastic. But a, we need to like introduce ourselves maybe before we dig too hard into each other about our fantasy football records. I'm your host Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at ballblastem, ballblastem, and I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at ffballblast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. And make sure to go check out our awesome website at ballblastfootball.com. We have amazing writers putting out awesome content every single day. You will not want to miss out on that. And go uh, check out my Fire Nice article that I post every Thursday morning. It goes through every single player, every single game, um, and then ranks them, you know, with the little emojis. It's, it's a fun time. And then please hit that five-star mark on your podcast Michelle you're asking for a lot I am asking for a lot but this one's a big one and you know I understand that everyone remembers to go do it but it helps out podcasts so much so if you if you enjoy our podcast and you like us just please go hit that five-star review It, it, it means so much to us thank you thank you thank you now um we're we have so many news and notes to get to and we have a little section about is it time to move on from these fantasy players that are driving us crazy. They're not doing anything, but they're big names. So what do we do with them? Um, I feel like we should just dig right into it because there's so much to get to. Let's do it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. My man, Juju. He underwent shoulder surgery, and he's out for the remainder of the 2021 season. Or likely out, I should say, but probably out with the way the Steelers look. I don't know if they're going to, you know, be bringing him back late into the season. I don't know that there's going to be a postseason to come back to. Yeah, Uh, but he's out. So I don't really know if there's much action to go take in fantasy due to this. There's no action to go take, but I think this news 
makes Chase Claypool an every week start. Yep. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit later, but Deontay Johnson should see even more targets if that's possible. It's Najee not. Harris could even <laughs> see more targets if that's possible. And then one guy you might want to pick up just to see what happens. If you have an extra spot, you know, you're really struggling. James Washington, just to see if he picks up any of those targets. Um, I don't expect a ton out of him, but he could have a couple nice games. And then we have Clyde Everett's Alaire for the Chiefs. He was placed on injured reserve with an MCL sprain, likely out three to four weeks. Uh, Jake, are you picking up Darrell Williams? Are you even looking at Jarek McKinnon? You know, what do you expect out of these guys while Clyde Edwards is out? If it's a super, super deep league and you have a lot of bench spots, sure. Feel free to pick up one or both of Darrell Williams and Jarek McKinnon. I don't like either. Because CEH was not getting targets enough while he was there to account for, you know, his uh, sudden stops in games where he was getting like half the yards and then sometimes he'd get a few more. I didn't like it. And, and Jarek McKinnon, you might like him. You might not like him. He's going to get some targets and still not be fantasy relevant. So I don't like the whole situation. Yeah, you know what? Like I was excited to pick up Daryl Williams and then you put it that way. Like I don't want anything to do with Jarek McKinnon. But then you put it that way, it's like, well, Clyde wasn't very good for fantasy, so why will Daryl Williams? But I feel like they were using Williams more as a receiving weapon. They actually were giving him targets the last couple weeks. I don't know. Like He seems exciting because he's on the Chiefs, but it's not even like the Chiefs have been that good lately. It's mostly due to their defense, I guess. I'll give them that credit. I'm still willing to pick up Daryl Williams, and I think I'm going to play him, but you're dead right about, like, if you're not excited to play Edwards Alaire, then you probably shouldn't be excited to start Daryl Williams. What about you, Kate? Uh, this is why, like, I, I went much more deeply into Devontae Booker this week on waivers than Daryl Williams, just because we know, at least they're running the ball. Like, the Chiefs have not been an overly productive offense. Like, they, they've been struggling a little bit. Um, and that's not always conducive to running the football, especially when you're out your first round pick and you're dealing with um, just kind of a confabulation of random players. I No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Daryl Williams will have a decent week this week against Washington. I'd be willing to play him. You picked him up if you got him. I'm willing to play him against Washington. Terrible defense. I'm willing to play him. I'm just not willing to overpay, which you had to do. Waivers to already him. cleared, yeah. so... This next, like the Giants as a whole of a team could be an entire like segment of news and notes. There's like that poor team, you know, they came in with some like aspirations. They could be a good team with a good defense. Then their defense is terrible. And now they have so many injuries to their offense. Saquon Barkley suffered a low ankle sprain. Now that's actually a good thing because we, I mean, the way it looked, it looked real, real bad. It looked like he could be out Did first. you guys see the picture? It swelled up yeah. like a lit... So I saw Andrew Siciliano tweeted out that it swelled up like a balloon. I was like, well, that's a little dramatic, Andrew. And then I pulled up the picture and I was like, dear God, that's like a helium balloon. That yeah, it could have been big way one. worse. And it wasn't even a high ankle sprain. So he could just be out. I mean, we just saw Joe Mixon have a low ankle sprain. He didn't even miss a game. He barely was used. But, you know, maybe Barkley sits out one game. I think he'll be back pretty soon. But keep an eye on that. And then... It seems like Daniel Jones might pass concussion protocol before this Sunday, which is awesome. He's he already took a nasty hit. Yeah, it looked really bad. Uh, he's already taking some practice reps. Really good sign for week six. You know, Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones, but he's still better than Mike Lennon. So I can't even look at Mike <laughs> Lennon play. Like that neck, that dude. That neck. 
<laughs> wild. I've that never seen anything wild. like it. It's just like it seems like it's fake. It feels like on TV they're just like extending it for like if comedy I, purposes. Can I just like say that if for Mike Glennon, uh, rather than passing yards, if you got like one point per inch of neck girth oh, in width, the- like <laughs> he would be the QB one. <laughs> he would hundred percent be. He played fine. I'll give him credit for that. But we still want Jones to play. I'm just like it seems like uh, Kenny Galladay. He suffered a hyperextended knee, uh, very likely to miss Week Six. But then you have Sterling Shepard, who is likely to be back. He's missed the last couple of games. I don't know what that means for Kadarius Tony. Right? Tony was listed as an ankle injury, and uh, this is so the Giants and oh, Joe wait. Judge. No, actually. So uh, Michelle, I'm going to cut you off there before we even go into this. Uh, Judge, Coach Judge had supposedly said that it wasn't a a season-ending ankle injury. Apparently, that was a misquote that ended up being circulated through the media. Okay. He was referring to a a different player. Okay, so what Kate was talking about is what I read with that Joe Judd said that Kadarius Toney's ankle injury wasn't season-ending. And that was the only quote out there. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I didn't even know he had, a, a, like, a bad ankle injury or anything. Like, he got... He looked fine up until the punch. Yeah, he punched a dude and got ejected. Like, that's it. Like, when did the ankle injury come? So I was so confused. And then he practiced right away. And I'm like, so it went from not season-ending to not even missing one practice. But apparently Kate says he was misquoted. So that makes a lot more sense. I should read into articles and not just take that No, I did so much... Re- uh, shout out to one of, uh, one of the folks on Twitter, I tweeted about this last night uh, in my concern for Kadarius Tony because I was searching and searching. That was all the information I could find. Um, and one of our awesome Twitter followers reached out and had uh, correctly quoted that to us. So appreciate that a lot. Anyways, Kadarius Tony is a beast. I mean, 189 yards last Remember week. Remember when we said we wouldn't start him over Allen Robinson? I did not say that. I said I would. I said I would. And you know what? I also said I would start him over Robert Woods, and that looked really stupid after Thursday night, but it worked out. It worked out just <laughs> fine. <laughs> Saved by the bell. Yeah, for real. Uh, no, I love me some Kadarius Tony, and if the, what he did last week, and even the week before in his first game action when he had over 75 yards, like if that hasn't shown them what he can be to their offense when you put the ball in his hands, then they're just a terrible coaching staff, which – they could be. So we'll see what happens. But I'm plugging in Tony and hoping that the coaching staff isn't completely stupid. Um, Tua Tagovailoa was activated from IR, eligible to return in week six. We'll see if he does that. You know, they have 21 days to actually activate him to the to the roster. So, But it should be a pain issue if he's – It was always I feel a like pain if, issue. I know, but I, I'm saying if I, I, I feel like if he's – feeling well enough that they're willing to activate him from IR, I would expect him in week six. Yeah. This was a lot of weeks to miss for a rib injury for a quarterback. Not going to lie. Leave Tua alone. That's a, that's a lot of that's <laughs> a lot of time because it is just, I mean, I couldn't go do it. It's, it's pain tolerance and I'm a big baby, but I mean, come on. Christian McCaffrey got in a limited practice on Wednesday. Um, you know, he gets the Vikings. That would be amazing. Uh, they're calling it a 50-50 shot he plays, which I'm surprised by. I felt like after last week, he was kind of like a game-time decision, so I figured he'd definitely play this week. What's your thoughts on this, Jake? Do you think Christian McCaffrey gets in the game? 
I and think play him. I well, if he is out there, I play him. Yeah. That is just the rules. I don't make them. That's just <laughs> what happens. But I would think there's still some level of caution because remember, we thought he was going to play. And then they took him, and they're like, nope, we're backing off. We're, he's not going to play anymore. Like, that just happened. And so I am cautious, and I think the team is cautious with him. So I don't expect him to, but if he's there on Sunday, I'm a-playing him. Yep. So the fantasy footballers, I feel like, are famous for making the Rule 86 a thing. When Jordan Reed is active, you play Jordan Reed. That was a long time ago when Jordan Reed was elite, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't still stand. Please, nobody start Jordan Reed. I don't. He's not active anywhere. Um, and if he is, please don't start him. But they were. Uh, that was their motto. And I think we need to enroll uh, Rule Twenty Two for Christian McCaffrey. If he's active, you yeah. gosh darn it, you start him, and there are no excuses for doing otherwise. Yeah. Ever. And if you have Chuba Hubbard, then maybe you're hoping CMC doesn't play. Because Chuba Hubbard, even if CMC plays this week, you know, if he's a 50-50 shot, they he's limit him. He could still be decent, but you know for sure. Like, Hubbard's a really good start in this Vikings matchup if he does not play. But just keep an eye on him his practice load. I feel like he'll play. I really do. Um, Tom Brady's dealing with a thumb injury. This isn't really much of news because he's going to play on Thursday night football. But I just wanted to ask you guys, he's dealing with this injury and it was, it came up way more questionable if he was going to play than I ever thought. Uh, It is a Thursday night football game. It's against the Eagles who you can run on and murder them on the ground. Um, They've been a little bit stingier through the air, but it's Tom Brady and it's Mike Evans. It's Antonio Brown. It's Chris Gladwin. Like you can't really stop that. Are you feeling safe playing Tom Brady this week? I'm for sure doing it. I'm yeah. for sure starting him, and it doesn't matter that it's against the Eagles because the Bucks don't have a solid enough running game where I go, oh, they're going to definitely attack him with the ground game. It's still going to be the Tom Brady show, I think. And this is probably all mind games anyways. Probably <laughs> never had an issue with his thumb. He's just trying to get in everyone's heads. Yeah. And, I mean, this would honestly be a great game, though, if he does have a thumb injury to let him rest it and just run it, run it. Because Ronald Jones is a very good runner. So if you want to get him more involved, he can't catch a goddamn ball and he fumbles all the time but if you want to let him just run it he's a really good runner and then you have Leonard Fournette so I feel like they could run all over the Eagles if they wanted to give Tom Brady that break because he is older maybe give his arm a one-week break and his thumb uh this would be a good game because I think they can beat the Eagles you know any way they kind of want to rooting for the Eagles heart but We'll see what happens there. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt sat out practice Wednesday. I'm guessing it's just a rest day for them. They're literally just carrying this Browns team they all, probably have all a, by themselves. They probably have a back injury yeah. from both of them, no. from carrying the team. Keep a, keep, keep an eye out on it. Obviously, if they sit on Thursday, that's more eye-opening either one. But I think they're just saying, hey, guys, you're being you know doing amazing things. You can sit on Wednesday. TJ Hawkinson missed practice on Wednesday with a knee. He's been kind of doing this. He's been real, real bad for fantasy, Kate. I'm sorry. After those first two weeks, he was amazing, and I looked like an idiot. But the last three weeks have been brutal. Like, you could have started pretty much anyone else, and they would have scored just as many or more points than him. Uh, so uh, are you playing this, the, him this week with a knee injury against the Bengals, who are actually a pretty stingy defense? I mean, yeah. you have Quintez Cephas, who just went on IR. They have, I mean, that's part of that's, the issue. Defenses is that, realize that, so yes. that's even worse for him. It's just cover TJ Hawkinson. It's nothing about Hawkinson's uh, talent, and that's what I was saying before this season. It's 
if defenses only have to worry about him because no one else steps Quadruple up. Quadruple cover TJ Hawkins. That's all they're doing, and that's kind of what teams are doing against the Raiders. You know, Darren Waller has been kind of struggling as well, not as much as Hawkins and I am close, but, you know, teams have been figuring out the lines have no one else to pass to. So let's just quadruple cover Hawkinson, never let him catch a ball. And I don't know how much longer you can keep playing him like that. I'm still playing him unless I have an option that's been like that that much more solid. Dalton Schultz or TJ Hawkinson? I would play Dal- Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you'd play Mark Andrews over Dalton Schultz. Dallas Goddard <laughs> on reserve COVID-19 list. That's, Wait, what? I'm not laughing at Dallas Goddard being on the reserve COVID-19 list. I'm laughing at making fun of Kate um, for Mark Andrews over TJ Hawkinson. Remember? Or a little bit before the season? Oh, before the season. Don't yeah. worry, baby. We'll catch up. Okay. We'll catch up. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, Dallas Goddard, not laughing at him. He's on the reserve COVID-19 list. Not cool. Best of um, luck. It, it, the game's Thursday night, so it seems very, very unlikely he's going to get off that list before, you know, that game. So he's very likely to miss. I will be talking about Zach Ertz a little bit later. All right. That was a lot of news and notes. But before we get into our scrumptious starts, I think we need to talk about three players that have just been so bad for fantasy, but they have the big name value that you don't know what to do with them. And you need to just say, is it time for a fantasy breakup? What do you do with them? So we're going to discuss a little bit. The first wide receiver up. By the way, these are all wide receivers. It's really hard to move on from a running back at this point in fantasy. It's just like anyone that... I'll take anything. Yeah, anything that scores like 10 points. You're like, thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, But for these wide receivers, it's been really ugly for some of them. Allen Robinson, a guy that's, you know, been getting 151 targets like on the dot for the last three seasons and he's always a top 10 wide receiver. I've actually personally never liked him for fantasy, but I finally gave in this offseason. I was like, you know what? This dude is so consistent. All he does is all he is is a top 10 wide receiver. I was like, I'll give in. I'll rank him there. And this dude has yet. So I will say Allen Robinson has one one week where he was a top 50 wide receiver that is so crazy top 50 wide receiver performer on that week and that week was in week two and he was the wide receiver 49 i'm taking Gross. a drink right now for alan robinson i encourage anybody listening to the podcast unless you're driving or at work probably um that don't drink while you're at work or driving a car but Let's take a let's pour one out for Allen Robinson. I'm not blaming anything on him. I understand the offense is rough. He's not getting the targets. He's with a rookie quarterback. No, he's not. He had one good game. He had one good game. Yeah. Better than better than last week he did absolutely nothing. He's not doing anything either. Um, but Allen Robinson, for real, for real, like when your top week is a wide receiver forty nine performance, that's really, really bad. And I don't know what to do with him moving forward. I'm not I'm not putting him in, into my starting lineup. I'm not saying you have to drop him because Lord knows what will happen with Allen Robinson. He is an elite talent. Um, I, I, I refuse to put him in my starting lineup. I don't care if he goes off. What about you, Jake? It makes me sad. I am sad for Allen Robinson. This is the first offseason where I, too, was like, yeah, let's get aboard the A-Rob train. This thing's heading to the station. <laughs> You know, because you've seen him do it with every quarterback imaginable, and he was always fine at worst. He was always fine, no matter what the quarterback situation was. 
And then you're like, well, Aunt Nagy can't co possibly make it worse than all of that. And he found a way to make it worse. So I'm in your same boat. I mean, I think this week against Green Bay, the matchup should be better, you know, with their top corner out. But I'm still probably not willing to start him. They played the Lions and he couldn't do anything. Like, I don't, I don't know if we even have to worry about the schedule anymore. It's not like, oh, this is a good game. You can play Allen Robinson. It's like... I mean, they've played five games now, and his top performance of wide receiver 49. It's not like they've been playing the hardest of matchups. Like, uh, they played the Raiders last week. They don't have great secondary. They played the Lions the week before that. They have the worst secondary. And Allen Robinson didn't, wasn't even a top 50 wide receiver. Like I said, I'm not saying he can never have a great game. I'm, I'm sure it'll come at some point. You would hope. I mean, he's an elite talent in this league, but I don't care if I miss out on it. I'm sick of losing because of him because it's not like he's putting up 10 points a game and he, you know, you're getting by by him. You're actually losing putting him into your lineup. You can't win with a dude that keeps putting up three points per game. I mean, it's it's very challenging. Yeah. Uh, that... I, yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't drop him because of name value. Or maybe you should so that your other league mates pick okay, him up and they play Wait him. a minute. Wait a minute. Landmine. This was my whole thing with Mike Evans last year, and I got roasted, well, and you just applied the principle well, to Mike Alan Evans Robinson. ended up going off because he scored so many touchdowns. <laughs> well, if Alan Robinson ended up going Semantics. off, I'm going to get in trouble as well. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, <laughs> just, guys, we talked about this in the offseason. You and Kate have uh, a love for him. I had had he I want to oh, emphasize I had a love he and Baker Mayfield are not a good couple they need to divorce they mm -hmm. need to do a move on they need to figure out something else I mean they just can't can't connect it, it's not happening that Jarvis Landry's on IR there's no one else in this offense and Baker is looking for David and Joku he's looking for Rashad Higgins he's looking for anyone else but OBJ, and when he does look for OBJ, they don't connect. It's terrible. It's beyond terrible. I refuse to plug him in my lineup. No. What about you, Jake? He's a, he's a sit. He's a sit. He's a drop He in redraft. He is out of my life in redraft formats. I can hold out hope for a trade in Dynasty, so I'm not doing anything too drastic there. For redraft, he's out of my life. He is 191st amongst all pass catchers in catch percentage. 47.4%. His passer rating when targeted is 68.7. That's 195 out of all pass catchers. It's brutal. There is no redemption here for him right now. Baker has a great completion percentage and passer rating when passing to anyone else. It's not about OBJ. I'm not hating on OBJ. I'm not hating on Baker. I'm hating on these two together. They don't work <laughs> together. Separate, they're fantastic. Together, they suck. And it's just facts. We've had three years of it now. It's just terrible. And talking about quarterback wide receiver duos that just suck. And we have many years of it now. It's Robbie Anderson. I mean, <laughs> that was such a perfect transition. Poor Robbie Anderson finally got away from Sam Darnold for <laughs> one year. He was like, I, I escaped. Thank you. And he blew up. He was a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. He had over a thousand receiving yards for the first time in his career. And then he just had a nightmare. And he was like, oh, my God. You know, those I left them. And somehow he found his way back to me. <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm back. <laughs> It's exactly, it's a horror movie where 
like you finally you have the character who finally escapes maybe they've been held prisoner or maybe they, they they've just been chased down by a monster with a chainsaw they finally escape and then just as you breathe a sigh of relief because you think the movie's about to end bam you hear the chainsaw yeah. revving up and they're back. They're back. They <laughs> also have just zero connection. 41.4 reception percentage for Robbie Anderson. I mean, clearly Sam Darnold and DJ Moore are fine together. They have had a great connection. Sam Darnold started off the season looking pretty decent for the first three games. I mean, most of that was padded due to rushing touchdowns that were super random. But the last two games, Sam Darnold has looked like Sam Darnold. He's looked like complete trash. Um, thrown five interceptions, lost both games for the teams, and he can't connect with Robbie Anderson. They just can't connect. So whatever you think of Sam Darnold, it doesn't really matter because now we have, what, five years or four seasons of Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold trying to connect. It doesn't work. You just got to move on. But when I'm looking at, I want to look at these three guys' fantasy points and see like where you relate them to. So Allen Robinson's at 8.2 fantasy points per game. Robbie Anderson, 7.2. And then you have OBJ at 7.6. These are the guys scoring between 7 and 8 fantasy points per game. Quez Watkins, Randall Cobb, Jalen Rager, Chester Rogers, Freddie Swain, uh, Cedric Wilson. Those are some names that they're scoring the same exact fantasy points per game as this year. It's so gross. And you know that those guys, at least, it that largely came on the back of one game for most of those guys where it really spiked. And you might say, well, then I'll, I'll take the more consistent guy. But do you want consistent six points in your lineup? Or do you want somebody who could actually boom <laughs> yeah. for a game like Quez Watkins? Wouldn't you be so happy if Robinson, OBJ, or Anderson had a boom game like these other guys I was talking about? <laughs> that would have helped you win a week. Like, yeah, I don't think that's an argument for them whatsoever. That just means they can't have a boom game. Like, what in the world's happening? I think it, I'm not saying you have to go. Well, I think you can drop Robbie Anderson. He will have yeah. a couple big games this year. Don't get me wrong. He's going to have a 50 yard touchdown. Like it's going to happen, uh, but you're never going to be able to predict when that is. And the rest of the games, he's going to score three to five points. Move on, move on. But Allen Robinson and OBJ is a little bit harder to drop. I'm just not playing them. All right. That's enough. We'll move into our scrumptious starts of the week and start being nice to some of these players because that was a little mean. We're a little bit bullies there. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake, you can be the first one to be nice. Who is your scrumptious start of the week at quarterback? I'm going to be nice to the rookie, Mac Jones, this week. Uh, look, for whatever you think about Mac Jones, uh, he's actually looked very well in that offense. They're not asking him to do a whole lot. But thus far, it's it's worked out for real life, if nothing else. But he gets to play the Dallas Cowboys this week. Now, Dallas has allowed the most passing yards to opposing QBs. Uh, they've had three games of 300-plus passing yards and no fewer than 266 passing yards in any single game thus far. They just allowed long neck Mike Glennon <laughs> to throw for almost 200 yards and a touchdown in one half without the majority of his offensive players surrounding him. And I don't want to hear about the game script thing there because it was actually somewhat mildly close up until the fourth quarter there. 
But Mac Jones is quietly ninth in the league in pass attempts on the season. They're letting him throw it. He's looked pretty precise. He has the fifth best completion percentage in the league. Uh, the third lowest bad throw percentage, the second highest on-target percentage, just all of the good things working in his favor there. The touchdowns haven't been there for him. So that's why, to this point, you've not been excited for him as a fantasy asset. But Dallas is tied for 22nd in red zone defense. So I think that changes for him this week. I think he gets both the yardage and the touchdowns for the first game of the season. So... If you're decimated uh, by injuries or you have a quarterback on bye, like a Matt Ryan this week, for example, consider Mac Jones. That's a nice little uh, shout out to Jake, actually, um, who is apparently very high on Matt Ryan and was so excited <laughs> to start him this week until he remembered he was on bye, which brings up the fact Whoops. we do need to uh, remind folks of the bye weeks. Bye weeks do start this week in week six. Falcons, Saints, Jets, and 49ers. Not the biggest bulk of fantasy names in totality. You've got like Cordero Patterson, top five running back, of course. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Alvin Kamara, um, Jets, uh, are we naming literally Corey everybody? Corey Davis, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and then Debo Samuel would be Debo Samuel! Oh my gosh. But anyway, uh, regardless of buys, Jake, you can't start Matt Ryan this week, so you're going to start Mac Jones instead. Michelle, who is your quarterback start of the week? So mine is going to be Joe Burrow versus the Lions. Joey B. Joey B. Now I know he has a throat issue. Let's hope he can talk, right? Let's hope he can say some words at the line of scrimmage, but for now, I'm just going to pretend like he's fine. For those of you who didn't see, he got a throat contusion. Ouch. Um, he's currently on voice rest. So whatever that means for an NFL quarterback, I'm not totally sure. I do think this means, A, just in general, it'd be more run heavy. And the Lions are such a good defense to run against that it should be run heavy, right? Like Joe Mixon should have a fantastic game. You would hope. I mean, good Lord. But this is the thing. This is why I'm bringing him up as my start of the week because I still think you can start Joe Burrow because I don't I don't think it matters how many passing attempts Joe Burrow has. I think his efficiency is going to be extremely high in this game. Burrow is completing nearly 72% of his pass attempts and averaging nine yards per attempt. Like that's really, really, really high um, near the top of the league for both of those metrics. And then the Lions defense are allowing 10 yards per attempt. That's stupid high. That's the most in the NFL by a large chunk. And that's just incredibly bad. And I, I, you know, Jamar Chase is such a special talent and they've been connecting deep. So I, they should have a couple more deep completions here. It doesn't mean they're going to be touchdowns, but they should be able to complete deep. And then he still has T Higgins. He didn't do much last game, but I'm playing T Higgins in this game. They should be able to connect deep. So I, I don't believe that Joe Burrow needs to throw 40 plus times in this game to be a great quarterback for fantasy this week. He just obviously needs 25 would be ideal. And I think he's going to be super efficient that He's going to come down with three touchdowns, uh, some large pass attempts, and I'm happy to play him. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit him in this matchup. Obviously, if you have one of the top 10 quarterbacks this year, you're not going to play Joe Burrow over him. But if you're looking for a guy, I I'm happy to play him this week. 
Oh, there is actually a stat I want to bring up. So I'm happy neither of you talked. So I wanted to bring up because almost Jamar Chase or T. Higgins were my start of the week this week. But Jamar Chase was too obvious, and T. Higgins might be my start of the week in fire and ice. Just kind of giving away there. But the Lions have allowed a 100-yard receiver in a game for nine straight games dating back to last year. That is tied for the longest streak in NFL history. So yeah, how how like Jamar I know they're bad because I see him quite a bit. But how are you that bad? Yeah, Jamar J should eat. Uh, T Higgins should be should eat as well. Like I'm very excited for either of these guys in this game. All right, Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week? Okay, I'm actually taken aback, Michelle. This was originally your guy. I'm stealing him once again. Taylor Heineke versus the Kansas City Chiefs. He has been the quarterback twelve. In weeks two through five, currently outscoring. Uh, just just wait for this list. All right. In fantasy football, Taylor Heineke is currently outscoring players like Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, who's been playing out of his mind, Ryan Tannehill. He's ranked 12th in pass attempts, 15th in average depth of target out of 33, 33 quarterbacks, which uh, I expected that to be a lot lower considering their just overall uh, injured receiving core, tight end, wide receivers, you name it. Uh, he's got as many passing touchdowns as Jameis Winston, one fewer than Kirk Cousins, and just two fewer than Matthew Stafford. That's wild because he didn't even start week one. Third in end zone attempts, eighth in rushing attempts among quarterbacks, ninth in rushing yards. The Chiefs have allowed the fourth most passing yards, third most net yards gain per pass attempt. They are allowing a lot of efficiency for the quarterback position uh, when we're looking at passers. Um, that it's incredible. Uh, just yeah. he's blowing people's minds. Um, they are also allowing a league high 54.2% of drives to end in an offensive score. Oh, the Chiefs offense or the Chiefs defense is straight garbage this year. And if I had to choose between Heineke and Burrow, I really wanted Heineke as my scrumptious start of the week. Kate got in the dock first. Oh, uh, also, sorry, uh, just to double double back there, I did have a note there. Weeks two through five. Oh yeah, because he didn't start in week one. Yes. People know that. Okay. But Heineke has been nothing but fantastic. Bad week last week against the Saints. Hard hard defense, but the Chiefs are the opposite of that. And Heineke against easy defenses equal amazing fantasy performance. Jake, if you had to choose between Heineke or Burrow, who are you choosing? I'm going with Heineke. I am rostering him in my home league right now in desperate need of a win. And this is the type of matchup that can make that happen. Yeah, he's getting the rushing yards, too. It's just giving him a safer floor. Now, your dude, Mac Jones, or Heineke? I'm guessing Heineke, right? Uh, yeah, I would still lean Heineke there. I'm comfortable with Wait, both. Are you Mac saying Jones you'd go Mac Jones over Joe Burrow? Yes. Oh. Yes, I would. In this particular matchup, I would. Uh, but, you know, Mac Jones has no rushing ability whatsoever, so you're not getting any yards there. It's going to have Jake, to come from the know. passing and the touchdowns. I, I, I love me I some realize, Mac Jones. But... I didn't realize we were doing a get ballsy segment. This yeah, week. this feels ballsy. It feels <laughs> Every very week. ballsy. Um, mm. All right, that, that's wild to me. I would definitely play Burrow over uh, Mac Jones, but I'm excited. I hope Mac Jones balls out. Now let's move over to the running back position, scrumptious starts of the week. I'm guessing your pick is why you're down on Joe Burrow this week. Um, so it's explain sure yourself. 
This is basically a Bengals podcast at this point. We can just <laughs> rebrand it. Uh, last week, we're all about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. This week, we're about Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. The Bengal Joes getting off this week against Detroit, assuming positive health reports for Mixon and that there's no setbacks and he doesn't, you know, there's no questionable designation right up until the game with that ankle injury. But this is literally the only week the rest of the season I project him to have another top 10 finish. He has only done it once so far. It was in week one. Otherwise, it's been rough sledding for Joe. Uh, but Detroit luckily allows the most fantasy points to the running back position. Also the fewest targets to running backs though. And that's important to know because Joe Mixon himself has not gotten targets this year. He has just 7% of his own team's targets. He's around the target level of an Alec Ingold fullback. That's the kind of level we're talking about so far this year. But it doesn't matter for this week because he should hopefully just get to plow forward through that really soft defense on his way to probably a couple of rushing touchdowns because the Lions also allow the seventh most yards and they're tied for the second most touchdowns to the running back position. I said it on Twitter, and I will say it here and now. If he does not put up a top 10 showing this week, I will henceforth call Joe Mixon, Joe Fiction, from here to eternity. If you can't put up 20-plus points in PPR League against this matchup, I don't know what to tell people. Like, I, I, like you wasted the second-round pick, basically, because if you can't do it against the Lions, I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. Go do it. He'll yeah, he better, because yikes. Um, Javante Williams is my scrumptious start of the week against the Raiders. Obviously, if I had the choice between Joe Mixon or Javante Williams, I'm picking Joe Mixon, right? Going with the volume. The issue is, I think Javante Williams, is a, at this moment, is a far better running back than Joe Mixon. And if he got the same amount of touches, Javante Williams would murder him in fantasy points. But... The Broncos are not feeding Javante Williams yet. He's a rookie, and he has Melvin Gordon, who's a very solid veteran, right next to him. It's very hard to beat out veterans, right? Unless there's Melvin an injury. Gordon has also looked good, though. Not as good as over Javante the last Williams. two weeks. I'll say over the last two weeks, Javante Williams has looked like the far better running back out of the group. It looks like he's getting control of the speed of the NFL, learning it, like figuring stuff out. Over the last two weeks, he's been impossible to tackle. He's averaging over four yards after contact per carry over the last two weeks. I just saw him play against my Steelers, and dude looked... I mean, when Melvin Gordon was out there, I was like, thank you, thank you, because Javante Williams was destroying them. And the Steelers aren't the hardest defense to run against this year, but they're not the easiest either, and he was destroying them. He looks like the far more explosive back. He's impossible to tackle. And this is just kind of my gut saying the Broncos will figure this out and start feeding him, right? Because they're not they're not doing it yet. But the Raiders are a great matchup to do that. A, right now, they're just in shambles, right? Their coach just resigned, apparently resigned. I, I say that very lightheartedly or heavyheartedly. I don't even know. Um, whatever. He didn't resign. Uh, but he we did resign. We didn't even address that in our news. Yeah, there's second. no reason to talk about him. And then... So they're just a disaster, right? They're already allowing the eighth most rushing yards per game. Their pass rush, if it keeps up, it's been really, really, really good. And the way to stop a great pass rush is to run. So you would expect them to run the ball often. Javante Williams, I think, is the better running back. And they should be able to score some touchdowns against this Raiders defense. 
I'm playing Javante Williams. There's a lot of buys. There's a lot of injuries. If I have him, I'm happy to have him and I'm plugging him in. Obviously not over great running backs like the two you're, you guys are talking about. Kate's going to talk about one I would play over him as well. But I think he'll be a top 15 guy this week. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week? So this actually is like a super obvious one, but this is a vote of confidence in James Robinson running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like we're still sort of stuck in preseason mode. This is like this awkward time in the season where we still think about where we drafted players, what our preseason thoughts about these players were. Um, But James Robinson's situation has flipped completely, and I think we haven't caught up to that just because of the fact that in week one we were so surprised by Carlos Hyde. But weeks three through five, so that's the last three weeks in fantasy football, James Robinson is the team's or the NFL's most highly graded running back per PFF. He ranks seventh in touches per scrimmage, uh, touches from scrimmage, fourth among running backs in terms of rushing yards. He's tied for the second most rushing touchdowns. He has 6.2 yards per rushing attempt, which ranks first among any running back who's had more than 15 carries. He ranks first in yards after the contact. Uh, yards after contact per carry seventh and miss force tackles this dude is just doing everything that you need him to do very efficiently like he's just been an absolute beast if you watch him i like i'm honestly surprised that it's 6.2 yards per time because he just looks so good it looks like he's rushing for 10 yards every time he touches the ball he looks amazing he's even getting targets this week he gets miami uh who ranks Top 10 in rushing yards allowed. Or bottom 10? Uh, bottom 10, sorry. Uh, rushing yards uh, allowed, missed tackles, rushing touchdowns. This is the perfect game script. And I. this is my vote of confidence. I think you consider James Robinson a must start until proven otherwise. Yeah. You guys went very non-ballsy. Jake out here picking a top two round pick, you know. And Joe Mixon, Kate taking a top 10 fantasy running back this year. I'm the only one willing to get ballsy out here. But you know what? Jake picked Mac hey. Jones for quarterback. Yeah, so thank you. You're, you're thank allowed. Thank you. You're allowed. All right, let's get into <laughs> the wide receivers. Because he actually made it up here, too, because this one is a very ballsy one as well. Jake, who is your scrumptious start of the week at wide receiver? Yeah, I have an every other system in place for my ballsy <laughs> takes, and this one's going to get us back on track here. I'm going with Darnell Mooney against the Packers this week. We alluded to Darnell when we were talking about Allen Robinson. Here's why I have a hope for Mooney this week, though. Look, I called out Jamar Chase last week, another obvious one, of course, but he went absolutely nuts against the Packers because they are without Jair Alexander. Kevin King is a terrible cornerback. If you are lucky enough to have your wide receiver matched up on him, you can just start uh, pulling out those points from the fantasy ATM. So Green Bay has allowed the 10th fewest pass yards overall, but they just gave up 159 to Jamar Chase last week. Mooney saw 22 targets in his last two games against Green Bay. During that time, he averaged about 15 fantasy points in each of those showings, so not too shabby. I do expect, like I said before, Allen Robinson fills more of the T. Higgins role this week, which is best you can hope for is his best performance of the year, which is going to be like 10 points. But Darnell should be. 
That's right. 48. Let's give him up to 48. I okay. think he can get there. A solid wide receiver four option this week. <laughs> but I think Darnell Mooney is the guy who they have to force to burn the Packers deep. It has to happen if they're going to try and win this game, and I think they can get it done. Their offensive line is bad, yes. Is it that much worse than the Bengals? I don't know. So I think even a couple of deep shots to Mooney will get you the points you need. I am still baffled, and I don't, I, you know, I like patting myself on the back sometimes. This, this is, I guess, one of those times, but <laughs> I legit had a full day or I had to fight with people on Twitter this offseason about why Mike Williams is such a better pick than Russell Gage and Darnell Mooney in the late rounds. <laughs> and people were like, how would you not take Mooney or Gage over him? And we're flipping out, and it's just like, good lordy. Good lordy. It worked out my way. It could have just as easily worked out a different way, but I'm, I'm just happy at the moment. Well, Mike let's Williams be clear. The... I'm playing Mike Williams over Darnell Mooney this week. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting nuts here. I You're won't be playing burned the wide again. Receiver I learned my lesson. Season. Yeah. But I am still confident in Mooney. All right. All right. My guy is Chase Claypool versus the Seahawks. Um, you know, he started off the season kind of weak. Everyone was expecting big things out of him. He struggled. He was looking like he was struggling out there. He got the injury, and then he missed week four. He came back last week. He looked good. He looked way better. The Steelers' offense in general looked so much better. The offensive line was actually opening up slight holes for Najee Harris. They're allowing Ben like five seconds, or not five seconds, goodness, that'd be great, but at least three seconds to look down the field and actually complete a pass that wasn't two feet away. The whole offense looked better. Um, Chase Claypool was making good plays. Claypool has now played one game without Deontay Johnson and one game without Juju this season. Uh, And those points were 18.6 fantasy points and 24 fantasy points in those two games. The Steelers' offense has a plenty of opportunity to have two consistently good wide receivers. Deontay Johnson's always going to be consistently good. He's the wide receiver one in targets. But there wasn't room for both Claypool and Juju to be consistently good in fantasy this season with Najee Harris there. Now that Juju's out, there is room for Claypool and Deontay Johnson, and I think they're both just like must-starts every single week. Obviously, they're going to disappoint you sometimes, but um, in this matchup, he should not. The Seahawks have allowed Robert Woods, Debo Samuel, Justin Jefferson, and Julio Jones to all have over 115 receiving yards over the last four weeks. And then Cooper Cup had 92 receiving yards on top of that. Like, and the only reason he had so low was because Robert Woods put up 150 yards. Like, it was a Robert Woods day. The Seahawks have been incredibly bad against wide receivers. They've allowed 212 receiving yards per game to just the wide receiver position this season. Um, I think both Deontay and Claypool should eat. I think Big Ben should have a bunch of deep passes to Claypool in this game. And, and you, you got to play him in this matchup. If you can't play him in this matchup, then why are you even holding him? Like, there's buys, there's injuries. If you're not playing him, then when are you going to? But I think he's a must Joe Mixon principle all over for yeah, the, for the wide receiver position. Yeah, except he actually scores points on, like, Joe Mixon. <laughs> I will say, so, like, I have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, two different draft classes, um, I have both of them on multiple dynasty teams. Oh, me teams, too. So many. And both of them are in my starting lineup and will be until otherwise. And they were them. last year for me as well, and it worked out great. You can start them both. With Juju now out, you can start them both, and they should both be fantastic for most games. All right, Kate, who is your scrum to start of the week at wide receiver? All right. I got a little bit ballsy with this one. Can I get a 
Woo, 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 woo. But you didn't because I see the woo. name. I did get ballsy. I went with Emmanuel Sanders. He's been fantastic. How is that getting ballsy? Jake's laughing at you. If people can't see. Um, they you, can't see. You started Chase But Clayton. not audibly. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't claim it as getting ballsy. And I'm pretty um, sure Emmanuel Sanders probably has more fantasy points than Chase Claypool. I think this Emmanuel year. Sanders is actually getting ballsier than Chase Claypool, but that's just me. That's, that's just me. Fine. That's fine. Um, he has been fantastic, though. That's part of my argument. Uh, he's on a six, but I, I still feel like he's low key. Like people aren't really interested in starting. Oh no, this him, is but, a good start of the week. Like yeah, but I, I think Emmanuel Sanders. He's been super underrated for what he's been doing. He's on a sixteen game pace for. 99 targets, which, uh, remind you, we're at, at a 17-game season, but Pro Football Reference hasn't caught up their metrics yet. So uh, we're at a 16-game pace for now. Uh, 99 targets, 61 catches, 1,030 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. He's had two double touchdown performances, averaging 65 yards per game. He's only had 16, uh, not only, he's had 16 fewer targets per game and only 52 fewer receiving yards than Stephon Diggs. The clear-cut wide receiver one. Now they get to face the Tennessee Titans in prime time, which we just saw what what terrible things Josh Allen did to the Kansas City Chiefs in prime time. time. Yeah, they are. They are. They're Monday Night Football. They're Monday Night this Football? This is my night. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I was like, you're so wrong. <laughs> no. Uh, we the get Bills th- are in prime time for a second straight week? Yes. They wow. get Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. Um, Tennessee is allowing a league-high 32.7 fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. A league-high 1,122 receiving yards on the season to wide receivers. And they are tied for the second most touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. I love this fit for Emmanuel Sanders. He's been getting uh, right around a 17% target share. He's Everything fits for Emmanuel Sanders. I didn't think it would, but uh, the Bills are continuing to pass enough, uh, even in neutral situations, that all of these weapons are, seem viable. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get through these tight ends in our fade of the week. We're getting a little, a little long here on the podcast. I think we got carried away with the bad players to being in the episode. But, Jake, who is your scrumptious start of the week at tight end? I'll keep this short because tight ends are bad, and especially in a bye week where you can't even start Kyle Pitts. What are you supposed to do? Uh, I guess I'm going to start Johnny Smith, and I'm going to stack him with Mac Jones, which feels gross to say, but Dallas is, again, they're bad in the red zone. They have a bad red zone defense. Janu, on the other hand, has the highest percentage of any team's 10 zone targets, so inside the 10-yard lines. Anyone not named Adam Thielen is worse off than Janu has been in terms of target share. He has 57.1% of those. So if the Patriots can just get in range to feed him a little bit, you should be saved by a touchdown, if nothing else. Uh, He also has the third highest percent of a team's red zone target. So again, this all bodes well for him. He finally got back to a respectable snap percentage this last week after being in Bill's doghouse after that week one fumble, which I am positive is why he did uh, see that decrease in uh, playing time there. But he even earned himself another carry this past week. So I think that uh, is a good omen for Janu. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel this at all, but I'll give you a 
supportive. Yeah, just because we're friends here. <laughs> um, I hope you're right. Uh, my scrumptious start of the week is Zach Ertz. I feel like I put him as my scrumptious start of the week so many times it has not worked out, but I'm putting him this week against the Buccaneers. And yes, he had a terrible game last week. Only one reception for seven yards, but he had six targets, right? That's what we're looking at here is six targets. The Panthers defense is just pretty legit. And you know what? The Buccaneers defense is not. But the two games before this week, five game, he was playing against much softer defenses, and he had 53 yards and a touchdown in week three, and then he had six receptions for 60 yards in week four. So week five was brutal, but he still was getting the targets. It just didn't work out. Now he gets the Buccaneers. Dallas Goddard's on the COVID list, very likely to miss this game. So that means Zacherts is going to see all of the tight end snaps, get those targets, and with like the two of these guys together, Goddard and Ertz, if you could just put them together, they would be a fantastic fantasy tight end. The issue is they ruin each other, and that's why everyone wanted Ertz off this team. It's not because we hate Ertz. It's because we just want one of these tight ends to be reliable because the tight end position is so disgusting for fantasy, and if Ertz left, it would have been great for Goddard. Well, they're both there. Now Goddard's gone for at least a week. Ertz should see more targets but even if he doesn't, he's been seeing a fine target share, and he's going at, got against the Bucks. Philly is going to have to pass on them, right? It's the only way to beat them. They're going to have to keep up with Brady. You cannot run against the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are right with the Cowboys. They're allowing the most yards, passing yards in the NFL. And you, you start your Jalen Hurts, obviously. I think this is a, a good game for Devonta Smith. But after Devonta Smith, Hurts should be the second most targeted player in this offense against a terrible secondary. Hurts should have a good game. That's all I'm saying. When you're looking at the tight end position, I think Hurts should have a very good game. I'm playing him over Johnny Smith, and I'm playing him over Kate's guy here that she's about to talk about. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week? Man, way to tear me down before I even get going. I'm actually going for the stack, baby. I'm going with Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end for the Washington football team. That's right. Uh, I have rostered officially two Washington football team players in my scrumptious starts. Uh, Put that on your bingo card as things you didn't expect would happen. Um, Last week, we saw Ricky Seals-Jones actually kind of flourish uh, got eight targets, five receptions, 41 yards, no touchdown. But um, in the absence of Logan Thomas, who was placed on IR with a hamstring injury, uh, has played over 93% of the snaps in the last two weeks. We've already talked about how bad the Kansas City Chiefs defense is. Like, we don't, we don't need to rehash that. Um, but they're similarly bad against the tight end position, I think, um, Ricky Seals-Jones is going to be a big part of Tyler Heineke's success this week. And especially in DFS, I think this is going to be one of the best value stacks you're going to find uh, between your your quarterbacks and tight ends. Throw in Terry McLaurin here and whoo, whoo, whoo. Now, I I like Ricky Seals-Jones. I think he's a good um, sneaky play in PPR, mostly. Um, but I still think like when you're looking at touchdowns, Ertz has a little bit better chance of scoring. I will never play Johnny Smith, no matter what it comes to. So that's going to be your loss. I'm telling you, I can't wait to come back next week and rub it in your face. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the biggest phase of the week. And Jake, I'm so sorry. Cause we kind of ruined yours. We talked about him earlier in the episode. Um, but anyone else that you're, you know, you kind of want to fade on this week. 
Look, he ruined himself. I want to hammer home. It's Odell Beckham. He did this to himself. I'm not going to rehash too much, but terrible catch percentage. Terrible rating when targeted. Uh, Even worse, he gets to play the Cardinals this week. Should be a good matchup, it would appear on paper. He has an extremely high average depth of target. He's tied for ninth in the league. Arizona, coincidentally, has allowed the sixth fewest yards per pass attempt. That's not a match made in heaven anyhow. You said it, Baker and Odell, they're not a good fit. If Jarvis comes back, it's even worse for him. Cleveland's going to run the hell out of the ball this week to try and keep Kyler off the field. So leave OBJ on your bench. Yep. And uh, Kane, you can discuss the Arizona running backs in a second here because I know you're both kind of Chomping at the bit. Um, But uh, my fade of the week is A.J. Brown against the Bills. It's brutal, right, to say to fade him. You almost can't sit him because you drafted this dude in the second round. He's gotten you 15 points in week one, which you're like, okay, kind of disappointing, but he he did enough. You're happy with that. Um, Then 7.3 points in week two. And then since then, 0.3 points, which he did get hurt, but that's a brutal Brutal start in your fantasy lineups. And then 6.8 points last week. He comes back from injury. There is no Julio Jones. They are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. You think he has to get a ton of targets. He gets six targets. Ends up with 6.8 points. That's it. And there's no Julio. Like, what in the world? They're against a terrible defense. It makes no sense. I know Derrick Henry went off. And Derrick Henry has those games. But last year, you know, Derrick Henry had those games and A.J. Brown still did his thing. So this is just brutal. And then they get the Bills. And the Bills' defense is they're allowing the fewest points per game and they're scoring the most points per game. Like, they're just an all-around team. And their defense is so good and they're good everywhere. They're good at stopping the run. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to stop Derrick Henry, but I don't think Derrick Henry is going to have one of his ballistic games. He, he, You still play him, obviously. Um, but I, you know, teams just have not been able to pass on the bills. Michael Hardman was the first player last week. That's it happened last week. Uh, first player to have 75 plus receiving yards on the bills this season, this season. And he needed 12 targets to do it. 12 targets. Tyreek Hill needed 13 targets to have 63 receiving yards against the bills. If A.J. Brown has 12, 13 targets, then yeah, he should be a decent fantasy play. But is he going to get it? I don't know. Like, that's something I can't just predict, right? He had six targets last week without Julio Jones. If Julio Jones is back, they're against this defense. Like, I, that's a brutal start. This is a brutal start. You probably have to plug him in, but I, I hate it. I hate it. I mean, the issue comes Not a down. name you expect. I, I love A.J. Brown. He's one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. This kills me. I hope he, I hope he murders my um, thought process. You said but... the word murder like three times. Well, like, I did just read the silent agent. I read a very like creepy book, so maybe I have it on my mind. Watch out, Caitlin. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my um, goodness. Don't fall now, asleep. If, now if something happens, if something I'm going to have I'm just going to go to jail. I better get this happens. podcast edited and posted before anything goes awry. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have the audio on my end, Kate. Don't worry. I'll save it. I real screwed quick. myself at this point for sure. Um, yes, you have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, AJ Brown, though, like, I mean, so when we are looking at trends and usage and all this stuff, like, all we have is the data that we have. Even though we want AJ Brown to get more targets, he is not so far. So take that for what you will. 
My fade of the week, Chase Edmonds versus the Cleveland Browns. And this goes for James Conner as well, who, Jake, I know we are in full agreement on this. Cleveland ranks second in the NFL with 28 tackles for a loss, fifth and fewest rushing yards allowed, just one rushing touchdown on the entire season, fourth fewest catches to the running back position, fifth fewest receiving yards to the running back, all of this averages out to just 13.3 fantasy points per game. And though James Conner and Chase Edmonds have both been productive, I mean, there's no way they can split up 13 fantasy points and have a good day. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are just dominating game script. I don't like, do you even see them running a lot in this game, Jake? I can't, I can't imagine that they do because, again, I think this is going to be like, Kyler trying to get them up desperately. The the Browns trying to keep Kyler off of the field the entire time. And so, no, it, it doesn't match up for me. And one little fun factoid I just want to throw out about James Conner. 52% of his fantasy points have come from touchdowns to this point. He is touchdown or he is nothing for yep. you. Yeah, and he's getting the carries. It's just he's doing really, really, really poorly with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys there. I have to start Chase Edmonds in a league, so I hope you're wrong. Um, but I'm definitely with you guys. It's going to be a very hard matchup. Well, that's it for our show today. I hope you guys get this week six win. We got to keep going. We got to keep trying for that championship. We are going to get there, baby. It's going to happen. Uh, if you have any additional questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I am Michelle. Uh, you can find me at Bob Blast M, Bob Blast E-M. I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Come annoy us with all of your questions. We love it. Good luck, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out BallBlastFootball.com for more league-winning advice.